Uh, But now as we uh, turn our attention to scripture this morning, uh, we'll be reading from Acts chapter 2, and uh, we'll be reading a passage um, about uh, about Pentecost. Uh, Some of the things that happened as the disciples gathered on Pentecost. Uh, Two weeks ago, we read the Easter story. Last week, we read the road to Emmaus, and this is uh, a logical story of what, what, what came next. Uh, But uh, it's uh, kind of a long story, so we'll only be reading a very short excerpt. We'll be reading verses 36 to 41, and we'll begin in uh, verse 14 to kind of set the scene for us. So we'll begin in Acts 2, uh, 14, and then turn our attention to 36 to 41. But first, let's go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Uh, Lord, we give you thanks for this moment. Uh, We give you thanks that you have given us this time wherever we may be. We ask as we turn our attention to your word this morning that you would be with us, that you would inspire our ears, our hearts, and our minds. You would reveal yourself to us as we read scripture. We ask that your spirit would be with us as we turn to your word, that we might leave this place a changed people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 14. Listen to the word of God. But Peter... Standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them all. Jumping to verse 36. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other disciples, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized. And that day... About 3,000 persons were added. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, as we reflect now on the gift of your word, we ask that you would move in us and among us and through us, that you would reveal yourself to us that we might come to know who you are and who you have called us to be, who you are calling us to be even this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What should we do? This is the question the crowd asks Peter as they're gathered together on that day. They they hear his story. They hear Peter talk about his experience with Christ. And they they hear it not just as a not just as a story to to remember or a story to retain, but as a as a story that calls them to respond, as a story that calls them to action. They hear Peter proclaiming the good news and they are, they are spurned to do something. And they, they ask Peter, what should we do? And he tells them, repent and be baptized. And as we read this story, uh, the end of the story, it's, it's astounding. Thousands of people come to be baptized by Peter on that morning. As we look very quickly at the story, it, it appears as though this is a, a pretty astounding ending. But if you look a little bit more closely you pay attention to the details, I think you'll find it's even more astounding than it appears. Uh, There's there's something truly shocking 
in the ending of this story. Something uh, truly astounding, not only with the, the people who gather together, but, but Peter himself. And this astounding ending, it, it, it starts with something very simple. The, the astounding ending, it starts quite simply. And if we wanted to look to the start, uh, where we might, we might begin, is we might look not at the thousands of people who came to be baptized, we might look at Peter himself. Uh, it's Peter who preached the sermon after all. But I don't think this story actually starts with Peter. I don't think the story even starts in the book of Acts. If we really want to look at the start of this story, we have to go back before Peter because uh, Peter wasn't capable of this, not on his own. I think we have to go back, actually go back a few weeks to Easter. I think this story begins on Easter, and it begins not with Peter, but with Mary. The story starts simply. The story starts uh, when Mary was wandering through the, the tombs in the dark before the sun rose that first Easter morning. It was only Mary. Uh, John tells us that she was the first one and she arrived by herself. And as she wandered through the darkness, as she wandered through the graves, she finally came to the tomb of Christ and found that it was empty. And in that moment, she understood nothing. Uh, Mary found the empty tomb and had no idea what it meant or what was happening. So she did the only thing she knew to do. She turned around and she went back to Peter and to John and she asked them to come and see. And Mary went to Peter, she went to John, these people she knew, people she loved, people she trusted, and she said, I have had the most unexpected morning, come and see. I have experienced Easter, come and see. I don't know where he is, but Jesus is moving, come and see. Mary didn't understand what was happening, but she went to Peter and John nonetheless, and she invited them to come and see. And when she invited them, they responded. They got up, and they they ran into the tombs. And uh, John got there first. He was a little quicker, but he, he stopped before he went in. Peter then caught up and dashed directly into the tomb. And once they saw, they began to tell their own story. They began to share their experiences. And look what John did. John, uh, he went back and he he began to to record his stories and to share his stories and to write them down into books that we we still study today. John uh, is responsible for our Gospels and some of our our letters, so much in the New Testament. John began to share his story with people throughout the years and generations throughout the world, but John is not in this passage in Acts. So we have to set John aside. And let's look at Peter. Let's look at what happened to Peter. Peter. As Peter uh, followed Mary's invitation, as Peter decided he would come and see, he would come and see this unexpected morning, he would come and see this Easter experience, he would come and see Jesus and this movement of Christ, Peter discovered that everything he knew was changing. And he, he himself began to change. And in this passage from Acts, we find that Peter, Peter stood up and proclaimed the good news of the gospel. And as Peter preached, people heard and people responded and thousands asked to be baptized as they heard Peter's story because Mary asked Peter to come and see. This result is astounding. You read this passage in Acts, there is no way Peter should be able to do this. And we think about who Peter was. Think about the things we we have just read about Peter over the last several weeks. Peter did not understand what Jesus was doing. Peter did not make good decisions. Peter almost missed Easter altogether. And yet, 
we find Peter guiding others in their faith. We find Peter proclaiming the good news. We find Peter inviting others into Easter. I think about how little Peter understood. Just a few weeks ago, we were reading the stories of, uh, of Maundy Thursday and Good Friday. We read the story of Jesus heading to the garden and asking his disciples, asking Peter to stand watch while he went aside to pray. What was about to happen would change the course of history and all Jesus asked Peter to do was to stand and watch. And what did Peter do? He took a nap. That's what Peter did. Jesus asked Peter to stand and watch and Peter passed out. He fell unconscious. He went to sleep. Peter started to sleep through one of the most important nights in all of reality. And Peter, this is the same Peter. Peter who did not understand what was happening, who did not understand the words of Jesus, who did not understand what was going on in that garden. This is the same Peter who preaches in Acts and explains to thousands of people who Jesus is and what his life, death, and resurrection mean. It's the same person. Peter all of a sudden experiences Easter. All of a sudden, uh, Peter is part of this unexpected morning. Peter is part of this new movement of Jesus because Mary said, come and see. Or look at the, uh, look at the actions we find in Peter, not just falling asleep, but uh, look at the words Peter speaks over the next few days after that experience in the garden. As Jesus is headed toward the cross, Peter stays at a bit of a distance and people ask Peter if he knows Jesus and notice what Peter did. Not once, not twice, three times Peter publicly proclaimed he did not know Jesus. And yet in this passage, Peter stands up in front of thousands of people and proclaims his relationship with Christ and tells the story of Christ's life and how Christ's death and resurrection have impacted his life. And as Peter proclaims this message in front of thousands of people, there's no way he should be able to do it except he was invited into this Easter experience, into this new morning, into this movement of Christ when Mary said, come and see. And look what Peter did on Easter morning. This was Easter morning. The most important morning in all of history. The most important morning in all of reality. The moment, the morning that would change everything we know or thought we knew about the world around us. And what did Peter do? He slept in. Peter slept in on Easter. It was Mary who got up. It was Mary who had the courage. It was Mary who was bold enough to walk through the darkness to the tomb. It was Mary herself. And it was only because she turned around to wake Peter up and ask him to come and see that Peter caught Easter. He would have missed it entirely otherwise. It was because Mary went to find Peter hidden and huddling far away. And we don't know why he was hiding. Maybe it was exhaustion. Maybe it was despair. Maybe it was fear. Maybe it was shame. We may never know. But Peter was hidden, huddling far away when Mary came to find him and invited Peter to come and see. And suddenly, everything in Peter's life begins to change. He experiences Easter. He comes into that new morning. Uh, Peter finds he is part of this movement of Christ and he stands in front of thousands of people and proclaims the good news of the gospel. Peter was a completely different person in this passage than anything we had seen him do in the weeks before. All because Mary said to Peter, Come and see. 
But it's not just Peter. As we read this passage, Peter's not alone. And we find transformation, it's not limited to one person. We find so many people had their lives changed as Peter preached that sermon. There's the, the, the volume of transformation, the depth of the transformation, the breadth of the transformation. It's astounding. Let's, let's start with the volume. We are told in this passage, 3,000 people wanted to be baptized that day. Now, 3,000 is a big number. I have trouble with numbers once we get north of about four. So 3,000 is a bit much for me. We're trying to, trying to imagine what 3,000 looks like. So let's do something we don't usually do from the pulpit. Let's venture into just a little bit of math. We'll see how this goes. But look around this room. If you're watching online, you can look uh, on your screen. Look around this room. This sanctuary can comfortably, without a whole lot of work, we can see three to 400 people. So imagine this sanctuary packed, every seat filled. We would have to take this sanctuary filled with people shoulder to shoulder and baptize every person in every seat, not in one service, not in two, not in three, ten services back to back, every person in every seat to accommodate everyone who asked Peter for baptism on that day. Ten times we would fill this room and baptize everyone in it. That gives you an idea of the volume of transformation. But as fun as that game is to play with our sanctuary, it's a lot more fun to play that game with our chapel. Because this room seats about three to four hundred, our chapel seats about fifty. And so if we were going to try to accommodate everyone who asked Peter for baptism in our chapel, it means we would have to fill the chapel and baptize every person in every seat, not once, not twice, not three times, not ten times, sixty times. Not sixteen, six zero. Sixty times we would have to fill the chapel and baptize every person in every seat. And so as scholars look at this and they see 3,000 people receiving baptism in this one instance, some have said it can't be possible. And the sheer practicality, the mechanics, would make it so challenging to baptize 3,000 people. There must be a rounding error or a misplaced decimal point somewhere to get to 3,000. But the thing is... Anyone who thinks it's a problem to baptize 3,000 people, that is a scholar's problem. That is not a preacher's problem. You bring me 3,000 people and watch me get to work. My fingers will be pruny, but we're going to do it. Anyone who thinks it's not possible has not met our session. Give our elders 20 minutes. We're going to open pools and bathtubs and showers and head to the creek and to the river and to the ponds. We will baptize 3,000 people in a day because this is who we are. This is what we do. This is what it means to be followers of Christ. Jesus transforms lives. That's why we're here. Christ changes communities. It's no surprise that thousands of people would want to repent and change their lives in this moment. That's a scholar's problem, not a preacher's problem. We can do this. This is who we are as a church because uh, this, this wonderful invitation, it calls people into an unexpected morning. It, it calls people to the experience of Easter. It, it invites people into this movement. All because Mary said, come and see. And it's not just the, the volume of transformation, it's the depth. The the specific people to whom Peter was preaching, it's very important to recognize. Peter tells us in this sermon that, that he is preaching to people in Jerusalem. And he points out that these are people who live in Jerusalem. They are locals. That means they know everything that's been happening for the past few weeks. 
That means many of the people who heard Peter's sermon saw Jesus die. The people who heard Peter talk about the resurrection are the same people who witnessed the crucifixion. In fact, as these people cry out, what should we do? We want to follow him. Those are the same voices that were crying out just a few weeks earlier, crucify him. And these are the people that God chooses to begin the church. These are the people that God chose to hear the good news of the gospel. These are the people that God chose to change the world. The same people who watched Jesus die and did nothing to stop it. The same people whose voices chanted crucify him. Jesus now invites them to shout, what should we do to follow him? Their lives are completely different. They've, they've entered into the Easter experience. They've joined this brand new morning. They've become part of this, this movement of Jesus all because Mary said, come and see. The volume of transformation, the depth of the change, but also the, the breadth, I mean, the reach of this moment. It's easy to miss this. Peter almost slides it in. It's easy to, to, to read right past it. But as Peter's answering them, as he says, repent and be baptized, Peter gives them this, this little glimpse, this, this vision, this dream he has of what will result from that sermon, what will result from this movement. Peter explains, uh, repent and be baptized, not just for yourselves, but for your children, for the generations yet to be born, for not, not just the thousands in this room, but the, the millions who will come after you. And he says that this baptism, it's not just for you, it's for the generations yet to be born in the far off reaches of the world we can't even imagine. This, this is us. Peter, in that moment, has a glimpse of a future beyond his wildest imaginations. People like, like those gathered in the village down by the river. People like us who have heard this good news and who have changed our lives and have witnessed as Jesus transforms communities. As Peter preaches, he's preaching not only to the thousands of people in that moment, but to the millions of people beyond his imagination who will all be part of this Easter experience, who will all be invited into this new morning, who will all get a chance in that moment as they hear Peter's words, all those generations and millions of people will become part of this movement of Jesus changing the world because Mary said, come and see. The end of this passage is astounding. The volume, the breadth, the depth of that transformation. But it started so simply. It didn't start with a proclamation to thousands of people. It started when Mary went to two friends, people she knew, people she loved, people she trusted, and she said, come and see. God is doing something I don't even understand. Come and see. Jesus is moving. Come and see. I've had an Easter experience. Come and see. This has been an unexpected morning. Come and see. It starts so simply. I don't know that everyone in this room is called to preach to thousands of people. But I believe firmly that everyone in this room is called to do exactly what Mary did and to find two, two people that you know, two people that you love, and to say to two people in your life, come and see. 
I know you used to come to church regularly and COVID threw you off, but we've got, uh, we've got a Campbell weekend coming back. Come and see. I know church isn't your thing, but you want to make a difference in the lives of people. And all through May, our church buys blankets. Come and see. I know life isn't going the way you wanted it to. You've been going through hard times. I know people who will pray for you. Come and see. Or maybe you just say, God's doing something. I don't even know what it is. But Jesus is on the move. Come and see. Maybe you share your story and you say, come and see. Not to thousands, not to hundreds, but to two people who you know, who you love, who you trust, who you can't imagine missing out on this Easter experience, on this new morning, on this incredible movement of Christ. To those two people, all you have to say is, come and see. When Mary invited two people that she loved to come and see, They wrote gospels. They baptized thousands. They changed the world. When you invite two people to come and see, watch what happens. What should we do? Come and see. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.